We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Team 980 and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. First hour of Powers in the Books here on the Burgundy and Gold today. Appreciate the calls. If you're on the line, stay there. We got Sam Fortier, an expert, joining the show right now. We're going to ask him the same question we've been asking you all. Is this style of play sustainable for the Washington Commanders? Joining us right now on the Team 980 guest hotline is Sam Fortier, Commanders beat reporter for the Washington Post. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Sam4TR. How you doing, Sammy? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me as always, man. It sounds like it sounds like you're going down Mount Everest. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just walking down the street in, uh, in my neighborhood in, North, in Northwest. Just doing regular people things. Sam, the question that's got the people all up in arms this morning, man. I asked the question, is this style of play sustainable for Washington moving forward? Obviously, the last two weekends, Washington's made a concerted effort to running the football against Green Bay on Sunday. It was heightened 38 total carries for 166 yards. You averaged 4.4 yards a pop. Ultimately, Sam, do you think the team can keep winning with this style of play, and do you think the style of play is sustainable? Man, that's a, you're asking me a tough question because I feel like I'm about to make all the old heads mad when uh, people <laughs> say establish the run and, and get right. out here and pound the rock, control the clock. But here's the thing, man. I mean – I'm of two minds of this. One, on one hand, I'm like, yes, if they play how they did uh, during that four-game win streak last year, if their defense can keep it close, they can win some of these toss-up, marginal-type games. They kept Aaron Rodgers off the field like they kept Tom Brady off the field last year in Week 10. There is a sustainable formula. NFL league. I'm going to throw Sam on hold here for a second. The phone monsters might have got him here. But Sam started to allude to it, and I hope it didn't tick a lot of people off. He he started everything off by saying, I don't want to make the old heads mad. I think what he meant by that is like, look, I'm no dinosaur. I'm 24, man. I'm no dinosaur. And I'm not saying the old style of thinking is wrong. I'm just of the belief that when you play this ground and pound style of football, your margin for error is so slim. You there, yeah, Sam? absolutely. Uh, yeah, can you can y'all hear me? Yeah, now? I got you. You good, buddy? Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I, I totally agree. With you. The margin for error is very thin. And if you look back, the reason that that four game win streak ended last year is because the Dallas Cowboys took a three touchdown lead in the first half. Yep. And when you play that style, you cannot go empty. You cannot drop back at the rate uh, that that you know you'd like to. That the rate that a lot of teams do, right? And, and obviously, 
around the league, uh, I don't know, you know if you guys heard this before I broke up last time, but around the league, a lot of teams are running the ball very effectively this year, more effectively than they have uh, since we've had some of the you know, more advanced stats to be able to measure it. But you know, some of the teams like Atlanta, Cleveland, I, I, you know, right. no team has re- – very few teams have been able to separate themselves this year. There's a lot of parity in the NFL. But those teams are much better, I think, than expected so far because they've been able to run the ball. Detroit – uh, you know, obviously started off really well uh, with its offense, particularly because they had such a diversity in the run game. And obviously Washington has, uh, uh, you know, some weapons in the backfield. Is it sustainable? Yes, but you just your, – your margins for error are so thin and you've got to have great defensive play every week if you're going to win like that. Sam, I want to ask you the second part of the question. This is more of a, an opinion on, on your behalf. Do you trust them? Because I, I go back and look at Chicago and Green Bay, right? Both of those games, Washington was able to average about 4.5 yards a pop. Against Chicago, it only ends up in 12 points. Against Green Bay, it turns into 23 points. The big difference, against Chicago, you had so many early down penalties that really set this team behind the sticks constantly. Last weekend against Green Bay, you didn't really see the pre-snap penalties and the holding calls. Do you trust them to keep the penalties down? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if they can have – one offensive line that they like, uh, you know, if they can stick with it, if they can get some of those, if they can get cleaner play, I think that they have a chance to kind of hit whatever it is about Ron Rivera that his team start playing better uh, when it comes to the end of October, November, and December. Yeah. Like, do I, do I trust them as, as a unit? I don't know. I, I don't know if we've really seen a large enough sample to say, yeah, that, that is what they are. They can do this consistently week in, week out. But if I'm looking at the guy in charge of this and I'm looking at his track record, I'd say that you know, nudges me in the direction of trusting them rather than not. Let's keep things on the offensive side of the football, Sam. Obviously, the big storyline heading into Sunday, the first start of the season for backup quarterback Taylor Heineke. Up and down performance, to say the least. In the first half, he looked like a quarterback that belonged in the XFL. In the second half, he made some plays to ultimately help this team win. I'll ask you a big-picture question here. Is Taylor Heineke remaining the starter based off of wins and losses or his performance? I think it has to be based on, on his performance, right? Like if he looks like he did in the first half, uh, you know, again, or, or for multiple long stretches, then I don't think you can stick with him over Carson Wentz. And, and, and I say that because even though Carson Wentz is a roller coaster, even though he had his struggles early in the year, uh, I think when you look at you know, the adjustment periods for a lot of quarterbacks going to new systems, veteran quarterbacks, that includes Tom Brady in 2020 in Tampa Bay. I mean, it just, it just takes a little bit of time. And so while I'm not right. saying Carson Wentz is a perfect quarterback by any means, I think you needed to see a little bit more of him before you can say, hey, you know, this guy is, is truly uh, – we're worse off with him than, than with Taylor Heineke, so we should go with Taylor. I don't know if I, I've seen enough yet. Sam, when you look at Washington offensively as a whole, Sunday against Green Bay, obviously the big talking point was – how much Scott Turner would be able to open up the playbook, so to speak, because Taylor Heineke and his familiarity with the offense. Do you feel like you saw that on Sunday? And then in the second half, Heineke was able to make some plays. Uh, what, do you, what do you attribute to that? Uh, man, I mean, I know that there were some reports when, when they went with Taylor Heineke that, that they opened up the playbook. But to me, that, that seems a little silly. Because Doesn't it? <laughs> when, they, when they acquired Carson Wentz, the whole thing was, oh, now we can open up the playbook. Right. Now we can start making some vertical throws. We can make that sale route to Antonio Gibson down the sideline that you saw in week one. Like, 
to me, it's like, wait a second. You had this dude for 15 games last year. You said you wanted to get a guy who could open up the, play, open up the playbook. Then you go away from that guy, and you say, oh, now we can open up the playbook. That, that, I, it doesn't make sense to me, man. Uh, but, I mean, what does Taylor Heineke allow Scott Turner to do that, that he doesn't um, with, with Carson Wentz? I, I think the number one thing is, is play action. Obviously, there's a commitment to the run there. But Taylor just excels at moving the pocket, um, creating with his feet. And, and, and I think those are mainly the things that you saw. Um, and, and I think it's a real value proposition. What do you, as, as, a, as a person who watches football, as a person who roots for this team, do you value a guy being able to throw it down the field? Or do you guy value a guy who creates with his legs? I, I think it's a stylistic thing, uh, but obviously I have a preference there. <laughs> as, do, as we all. I thought it was funny, Sam. I'm going back and I'm watching the TV broadcast, and that's all they were talking about is how – Taylor and this is obviously coming from the team when they have their pre-production meetings. The team is telling people, "Yeah, we feel as like we're, we're able to open up our offense more with Taylor. He's more familiar with the concepts and things like that." I thought it was very uh, interesting to say the least. I want to talk about the running back carry split. Obviously, it ends up twenty carries for Brian Robinson Jr., ten carries for Antonio Gibson. Gibson uh, finishes with thirteen touches total. He had the three receptions as well. Moving forward, do you anticipate this being a situation where Washington rides the hot hand, or do you think these guys have specific roles? And I'll make it a two-parter for you because I saw some things on Sunday from both guys that I thought made them special. Brian Robinson and his ability to find the soft spots in these defenses. Antonio Gibson seems as if he's running with a new determined purpose. Uh, what's your confidence level in the backfield, and then how do you see the carry split uh, moving forward? Yeah, I think the, the exact numbers of the carry split will be kind of dictated by game flow, dictated by, um, you know, situation and defenses, things like that. But to me, kind of what you saw uh, on Sunday is, is I think how they want to break it down, right? I mean, and, and some of, even some of those stylistic uh, usages. So Brian Robinson between the tackles kind of hit me inside runs. Antonio Gibson on the edges. Obviously, there are examples of each guy doing the other thing, but I think mainly that's what Ron Rivera wanted to see. And, and on that one drive before halftime where they were able to score a touchdown, you saw Brian, Brian Robinson break one for 24. You saw Gibson break one for 20. And, and, and I think that is the thing, if you're talking about, to go back to our earlier point, if Taylor Heineke is going to be the quarterback, if you're going to play this formula, you have to create explosive plays in the game. Yeah. You're probably not going to see as many too high safeties because Taylor Heineke uh, isn't, going, isn't the threat throwing. That Carson Wentz is, even though he had that great, you know, uh, go go ball down the right sideline. Even though you know he had some impressive throws, and they actually went into empty a lot more than I expected on Sunday. But to me, still, if you're gonna not get, if you're gonna get heavier boxes with Taylor, you still have to be able to create explosive plays in the run game. And at least in one game, they were able to do that. What I feel like is getting lost, Sam, in this turnaround in the past two weeks is the performance of this defense, and really. When you talk about that, you can go all the way back into the second half against Detroit. Something has flipped uh, for this group, whether it's the moving Benjamin St. Juice to the outside, whether it's getting more consistent pass rush. If you can really try to sum it down to one thing or, or a few things, what is the biggest reason, in your opinion, uh, for this turnaround defensively? While there are a lot of reasons, to me the number one explanation, and, and Ron Rivera has mentioned this as well, is the rush lane discipline of that defensive front yeah. for them to be able to get pressure and for them to be able to contain quarterbacks. Uh, obviously you saw them lose containment on Justin Fields at the very end of that Thursday night game. But other than that, um, Casey Tuhill, Jay Smith Williams, F.A. Obata, those guys stepping in for Chase Young opposite Montez Sweat. And then obviously, you know, the Alabama duo in the middle is doing what they do. Yeah. So 
to me, it, it's been the ability of those guys to execute on rushes in a way that they haven't been able to before. And when you're getting pressure with four, as you saw on Sunday, and you're dropping seven in coverage, that automatically just gives you a numbers advantage. It's going to help you play better coverage. So while the defensive backs, I think, have been communicating better, I think benching William Jackson, moving Benjamin St. Juice to the outside has been a big part of this. I think it's also just a numbers game, and that's predicated on the front doing what they're able to do. And they'll be much improved when they get Chase Young back into the lineup. What's the latest on his status moving forward? Yeah, we expect Chase Young to have his practice window activated, open, uh, probably tomorrow at practice. And so that'll open a a 21-day window. He'll probably practice and be activated um, if if they like what they see from the returns. Uh, Maybe not this weekend, probably next week uh, at home against Minnesota. But, you know, that is – it's too early to tell. I'm – you know, you know, that's an educated guess right. there um, rather than a straight report. Uh, put your physical therapy hat on here for a second, Sam. What are some of the things that they're <laughs> going to be looking for to, to, to gauge his progress and when he can actually return to game action? Yeah, I think a lot of this is like testing in, in the PT room, right? Like, you know, you're going to jump on the force plates. You're going to look at the GPS numbers. You're going to see how fast is he running, you know, 20 miles an hour. You know, basically that's what they want to see is, right. is what do his numbers look like rather than, you know, because he's not going to hit anybody um, for a little bit. So is he able, under the, the stresses of a normal game week practice, able to hold up? Because as we know, um, he had a, a, an ACL reconstruction rather than a repair. It's, take, it's taken a little bit longer probably than he would have liked. But, um, you know, I, I think that this is not an, an unexpected timeline for him. So, so now it's just how does he respond? Yeah. Hey, I appreciate you giving us some time, my man. Always get smarter talking ball with you and – I'm glad you get to cover a team that's on a two-game winning streak, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) It hasn't been very often in the three years I've been doing it, man. I appreciate you. (laughs) All righty, man. That's Sam Fortier of the Washington Post. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter, at Sam Fortier. Always writes good stuff in the post. And a guy who just knows his ball, man. An interesting nugget that Sam hit on there was talking about quarterback Taylor Heineke and how this sustain how the style of play that Washington is incorporating right now, how it affects Taylor Heineke. When we come back, we'll get a little bit deeper into the quarterback discussion with Taylor Heineke. But coming up next, what's been the key to this Washington turnaround on defense? I'll tell you what I think, plus gave you some very interesting nuggets to prove that next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
Sam 48. Big thanks to Sam 48 of the Washington Post for joining the program in the last segment. If you missed any of our conversation, make sure you use the Odyssey Rewind feature. Go back to the top of the 1 o'clock hour and take a listen to that. We wrapped up the conversation on whether or not Washington's style of play was sustainable. Talking about the way that they've leaned on the rushing attack the last two weekends. Look, it's resulted in two victories. Beggars can't be choosers. I'm just of the mindset of, and as Sam agreed with me, the expert. When you play that style of football, the margin of error that you leave for yourself is so minimal that it's really hard to sustain. But good teams across the National Football League, disciplined teams across the National Football League, find a way to do it. Look at the Giants right now. Look at the Jets right now. Two teams that rely heavily on the running game. Uh, finding a way to do it. Giants 6-1. and one, Jets 6-2. and two. So there's that. Right now, though, the other part of Washington's turnaround here in the past two weeks, and really you can go all the way back to that second half against Detroit, this defense has been playing with a different mindset, attitude, and mentality. Sam Fortier alluded to when I asked him what he thought the biggest reason for Washington's turnaround, he mentioned the rush lane discipline on the on the defensive lineman. And I think that's that's huge as well. But for me, man, it's a multitude of things. I think it's a multi-layered situation. They're getting big-time production from guys at all three levels. The defensive line, linebacker, and in the secondary. When I look at the major reason, in my opinion, why Washington's been able to turn it around on defense... I go directly to the secondary and the move that they made, sliding Benjamin St. Juice back out to the outside corner. That has allowed Washington so much more comfort and stability in the secondary. The communication is improved as a result of that. And Benjamin St. Juice, I mean, this isn't rocket science when you're talking about NFL players. He is damn good at what he does. So, of course, him being on the field more in the position that he's comfortable in is going to lead to overall success for that unit. But like I said, though, I think it's a multi-layered situation. There are multiple reasons why Washington's having big-time success. The unsung heroes of this commander's defense, I think, need and deserve a lot more credit as well. Guys like F.A. Obata, James Smith-Williams, Casey Tuhill, Rashad Wild Goose, hell, Jamin Davis. I mean, the unsung heroes, so to speak, of this commander's defense has really, in my opinion, been the difference maker. Washington has supreme depth up front along that defensive line. I remember early in the season, a lot of folks were worried about the health and status of an, of interior defensive lineman Jonathan Allen, obviously the heart and soul of this commander's defense, but they have true depth. Guys like Daniel Wise, the new guy that they brought in, rookie, fresh off the Cowboys practice squad, and John Ridgway. Those guys have come in here, and this group hasn't missed a beat. I think the coaching staff deserves credit for that. I think the players deserve credit for that. But if I had to really find one singular reason as to why this commander's defense has been able to turn things around, I I go and I look at this pass rush, man. And it was really on display against Green Bay. When you're able to rush four guys and not send any extra guys as far as blitzing and bringing extra pressure, when you're able to do that, it creates a numbers game for you defensively in the secondary. You now have more guys to cover than they have guys running routes. And if you're able to win that numbers game on a consistent basis, you're going to see 
teams have more success. And I think it makes the opportunities when you do get to blitz more impactful because you're not doing it on an every down basis. But ultimately, man, if Washington, and we mentioned at the top of the show, all the goals for this football team are still out in front of them. If they're going to reach those goals, this defense must continue, must, must continue to play well. And I think they will. I think they will. Look at the matchups moving forward here for Washington on the schedule. You're about to enter a three-game stretch here that isn't isn't the easiest, (laughs) to put it in layman's terms, to put it lightly here. You're on the road against Indianapolis. You're at home against the Minnesota Vikings. You're then on the road for two straight against Philadelphia and Houston. Defensively, though, I feel like you match up with those teams pretty well. When I look at Indianapolis, you're going to get a backup quarterback this weekend. Defensively, you should be able to single-handedly control and dictate the outcome of this football game. That's why you've invested so many premium assets along that defensive line. It's for weeks like Sunday. They need to go out Sunday and kick Indy's ass off the rip. Set a tone early on in that football game. Make them one-dimensional from the get-go. That's why going against a team like Indianapolis is paramount. Paramount that you get off to a fast start. Because if you get them behind on the scoreboard, now you're going to have to beat Washington with the right arm of Sam Ellinger. And I'm not sure that Frank Wright and the Colts have the confidence to even do that. I'm not sure. It's a guy that hasn't started and played a lot of football in his career. So Washington gets a chance to continue to get fat off of the Indianapolis Colts. Because you go back all the way to Detroit. I mean, the turnaround that Washington's made has been uber significant. The numbers tell the whole story, man. Washington's 13th in the NFL in yards per game allowed on defense. I mean, that's huge. That's huge. This is a group last year that ranked in the bottom seven of that category. So to see that type of drastic turnaround, and you've had to go against a lot more versatile, highly talented quarterbacks this time around, I think it shows exactly what Jack Rio and company were preaching from the get-go with this group. Patience. You must have patience. I think it shows. And I give credit to Jack Rio for coaching them up, for the position coaches for coaching them up. I give credit to Ron Rivera for finding them. Because when you go out and bring in a guy like Rashad Wild Goose on cutdown day, and then in week three, he's your starting nickel corner, it's tough. It's not easy to be thrust into the lineup like that. It's not. It really isn't. But he's handled the situation like a pro. And that's all you can ask for is for guys to continue to be pros. And I think that's ultimately been the biggest difference for Washington defensively. And the beautiful thing about it, you got Chase Young coming back here soon. If they don't trade William Jackson, he's going to get healthy. So you got depth in your secondary now. Ultimately, though, I'm trying to figure out who the credit should go to here. What's been the big key for Washington's turnaround defensively? We'll take your calls. Plus, I'll give you some more nuggets here, what I think, next. Right here on the Team 980 in the Odyssey app. Burgundy in gold today here on the Team 980 and always streaming live nationally 
on the free Odyssey app. Linnell Willingham taking you up to 3 o'clock. Before we dish the rock to Craig Hoffman, he'll take you on your afternoon drive home. Talking all things Burgundy and Gold. That's how we do it on this program. Called the Burgundy and Gold today. Right now, we're switching our focus to the defensive side of the football. Because as I've mentioned, dating back all the way to the second half against Detroit, Washington has played with a different attitude and mindset defensively. And a lot of guys deserve credit for it. What I'm trying to figure out now is who deserves the most credit and what's been the biggest key for Washington's turnaround defensively. 301-230-0980 is the number. N-E-L-L underscore BTP. That's how you reach me on Twitter and Instagram. I got some more nuggets here for you guys because I've really, really just been taken aback at the drastic changes that we've seen. And I don't want to say drastic changes. I want to say drastic change in performance. Because from a personnel standpoint, they haven't really done too much differently. The one big move that's had a trickle-down effect, in my opinion, is moving Benjamin St. Juice to that outside corner. You slide in Rashad Wild Goose. He's stabilized the interior, the slot-wide receiver position on defense and really taken away some of the opposing defense's best weapons. Green Bay, constantly on Sunday, was trying to get Romeo Dobbs mashed up in the slot. We're trying to get Alan Lazard mashed up in the slot. They were going and throwing at Rashad Wild Goose a hell of a lot. He bowed up each and every time and got the stop. It's impressive to me because, like I've said, they acquired Rashad Wild Goose on cutdown day. All last year, they told us the excuse for this defense was because they didn't have good communication in the secondary. All last week, they told us the reason all last year, excuse me, the reason that this defense struggled was the lack of communication in the secondary. How the hell can Rashad Wild Goose come here on cutdown day and all of a sudden be well-versed in this defense? I'm not complaining about it. I'm just asking why. Because now it doesn't make sense all of a sudden. But like I said, I have numbers to really put it into layman's terms just how good this group has been. The past three weekends, Washington's fourth in the NFL in passing yards allowed per game. The past three weeks, Washington's fifth in yards per attempt allowed, passing the football. So the improvement in the secondary, I think it's really spearheaded why this group has been able to improve and take so many steps forward. But as Sam Fortier hit on it, man, this defense goes nowhere and does nothing unless the ferocious four up front play like a bunch of badasses. And that's what we've gotten from them for the better part of the last four or five weeks. Guys taking it personal, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, John Allen, even some of the other guys, your F.A. Obadas, your James Smith-Williams, your Casey Twohills. Hell, John Ridgeway has come in here and provided quality depth for this commander's defense. This is the group. This is the group that in 2020 was ranked top five in the National Football League. It looked like this. And I know the sack, I don't even believe, I don't believe they sacked Aaron Rodgers once on Sunday, right? I don't believe they sacked him once, but that's what lets you know. It's not always about sacks when you're talking about the impact that a defensive line can have on a football game. Aaron Rodgers was in the pocket all game long. They kept him contained, and they were able to affect the passing lanes by getting great pressure from the interior, and that's what's really been exciting. That's what's really been exciting because even though this defense didn't play well the first two weeks of the season – Deron Payne and John Allen have been on go since the first snap of training camp. 
they've come into this year with the mentality that, hey, look, we have the ability and the impact to completely change football games for this team. Let's do it. Let's go live up to our first-round billing. Let's go live up to our first-round status. Because right now, the way things currently sit, this group, hands down, one of the best in football. I can start talking about them like that again and not look like a fool. And the reason I have so much optimism about the group, Chase Young's coming back. 99's coming back. And you just watch. You you watch. You watch the impact that Chase Young has not only on this defensive line, not only on this defense, but on this entire football team. There are guys in this league, and there are guys at every level of sports that cultivate a locker room, that guys rally around. Chase Young, make no doubt about it, is the heart and soul of this football team. We haven't seen him in a while, so you you forget about the impact that he's had on this unit. I was out there boots on the ground at training camp. It was his voice. It was his voice that you heard constantly out there on the practice field. And he, he wasn't even in pads. He wasn't even playing. So that just shows you what type of psychological edge I feel like he gives this group. I love everything about it, and I'm so optimistic about this group moving forward. And they're going to get tested here. Jonathan Taylor has been nicked up. You got him next week against the Colts. You should be able to handle that. But then you got Minnesota coming to town on Sunday, November the 6th, in two weeks. Two weeks, you got Minnesota coming to town. Will this group be ready for that? It's yet to be seen. But I do know this. If this defensive line keeps getting pressure on the quarterback at the rate that they are, it makes life a hell of a lot easier for this secondary. 301-230-0980. N-E-L-L underscore BCP is how you reach me on Twitter. In your opinion, what's been the key to Washington's turnaround defensively? Let's hit the phones here. 301-230-0980. Let's go to Ace, who's in D.C. What's going on, Ace? Hello? What's going on? Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, you made two great points about uh, about uh, uh, St. Juice moving to the outside. I didn't even really like think about that because ever since he's been out there, he almost looked like a half of a shutdown call. He looked like Fred Smoot for a second. But, uh, <laughs> Fred would love I that. I mean, the front seven, of course, the front seven. But I want to say this. The way that we put dirt on Jamin Davis and, and Hogan and the way that they have answered the bill, we're not getting gar- um, carved up by tight ends like back in the day. We're not getting uh, – I mean, yes, our rushing. I mean, we could definitely do a little bit better on that rush defense. But seriously, I mean, when that's front seven, but you made a good point. The defensive line doing what they supposed to do, helping that linebacker go out. But the linebackers don't. I mean, the, the, the front seven or the defensive line don't do good if the linebackers do not answer the bell. And ever since Jamie Davis just been put down, he's been nothing but flying all over the field, making plays, getting better every week. Thanks for taking my call, man. And uh, hail to the depths. I appreciate the call, my man. I agree with Ace completely, man. The linebackers and their performance during this defense's turnaround cannot go unnoticed. And it's crazy because Jamin Davis was really supposed to be, when they drafted him last year, Jamin Davis was supposed to be the piece that put this defense over the top. Now, ultimately, they either overdrafted him or had him playing out of position, and we didn't get to see that from him last year. But this year, outside of Detroit, I don't think he played particularly well against Chicago either. But you're seeing him take steps forward. And that's all I can ask for out of a guy. Let me see that you have it. Show me flashes. Get me excited. Because what makes great players in this league is the guys that can do it on a down-in and down-out basis. That's what we're asking out of Jamin Davis already in his second season. Well, that's what happens when you're a first-round pick. I will say this. 
His speed flashes every week. Every week this year, he's made a play defensively where you go, oh, well, that's why they drafted him with a damn first-round pick. He can fly. The kid is very fast. He's got elite traits that are going to eventually make him one of the premier linebackers in this league. Mark my words, man. He's made up of the right stuff mentally. He's got the physical traits to be somebody in this league. I think it happens. It's just going to be a matter of time. But also, another point that Ace hit on as well, Benjamin St. Juice, man, playing the outside corner the way he's playing it. I mean, it's commendable. All you can do is, is, is give him a damn round of applause. And what's been most exciting about it is the style in which he's doing it. He's not no off corner that's going to try to break on the football. He is somebody that's going to be in your mitt from the jump. He wants to play press man. He wants to use every bit of that 6-2 frame to try to dislodge the ball from receivers, to be physical at the point of attack. It allows him to play some of the best trail technique we've ever seen. You've seen it on multiple times, multiple occasions already this season. Even when it looks like a guy is open and Benjamin St. Juice is covering him, he's not. He's not. His length, the last two weeks specifically, have popped out so, so much. And I know Green Bay's receiving core isn't anything special. But, hell, this weekend against the Colts, their receiving core is nothing special. Just to look ahead a little bit. I love the matchup, by the way. Benjamin St. Juice going up against big Alec Pierce and, and, and big Michael Pittman. I mean, he probably salivates, salivates at the opportunity to compete against bigger wide receivers. Guys, they can't really threaten him vertically with their speed. That's when he's in his element. That's when he's in his bag. That's when he is the best version of BSJ. And I know y'all seen the little lock him up Joan he's doing after he clamps somebody. The kid's got grit. That's all you want, man. 301-230-0980 is the number here. Twitter, N-E-L-L underscore BTP. What's been the biggest key to Washington's turnaround defensively? We'll read some of y'all tweets here. My man Devon from Rockville says, I'm with you, Brody. Number 99, the heart and soul of this football team. I right, look, y'all, I'm telling you, wait until Chase Young gets back. That's that's really why I've been so encouraged. They're doing all this without 99. Just wait. Just wait. I don't even want to get riled up and get fired up about it because I don't want us to put any unfair expectations on the kid. But just from a attitude and mentality standpoint, you watch what Chase Young does. 301 230 0980 is the number. We'll continue to take your calls here on the Team 980 listener lines. What's been the key to Washington's turnaround defensively? I'll name one unsung hero for you that really needs some more praise next, right here on the Team 980 in the Odyssey app. Team 980 and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Linnell Willingham here with you on the Burgundy in Gold today. The best, and I truly do mean the best, Washington Commanders coverage in the world, Craig. Here on the Team 980, weekdays 12 to 3. The combination of myself, the DOC, Rick Doc Walker, and the legend, Scotty Jackson. Every day for you, weekdays 12 to 3 right here on the Team 980. I want to go to the phones here, man. 301-230-0980 is the number. 
N-E-L-L underscore BTP is how you get at me on Twitter and Instagram. The question at hand right now, Washington, in my opinion, dating all the way back to the second half against Detroit, has really stepped up their play on the defensive side of the football. In your mind, what's been the key to that turnaround for Washington defensively? 301-230-0980, N-E-L-L underscore BTP on Twitter. I told you I had some unsung heroes that really, in my opinion, were, were real catalysts to Washington turning this thing around defensively. Guys like F.A. Obata. And when I talk about F.A. Obata, I really, I really got to give the front office and the personnel staff credit, and here's why. He was really one of the few free agent signings that we had this past year. And a lot of the times when we discussed F.A. Obata before we seen him with the pads on, we said, oh, another Ron Rivera guy, another quote-unquote commander, somebody who is only here because he used to play for Ron. Well, him playing for Ron at this point is now just a trivia fact because F.A. Obata has come in here and provided so much versatility for this group up front. You see him playing three technique on the inside. You see him playing a true edge on the outside. F.A. Obata is a guy who gets it. Right? F.A. Obata is a guy who's hungry. F.A. Obata is a guy who's really out there trying to feed his family when he plays. And you could tell just by the attitude and effort that he plays with on a down-in and down-out basis. This defense, since the second half against Detroit, has taken things personally, man. And really against Green Bay, I felt like it was the culmination of everything, right? Because against Chicago... I felt as if they played really well on defense as well. But there was reason for me to nitpick. Why was I nitpicking after the Chicago game? Dante Pettis has a 40-yard touchdown reception. Darnell Mooney has a 26-yard reception. Justin Fields has a 39-yard run. Khalil Herbert had a 63-yard run. You can't win in this league on a consistent basis if you're constantly giving up the big play. That's why against Green Bay, I was so proud of this unit to see them finally put it all together, to see them finally live up to the expectations that we all have for this group. And at some point, this is going to have to be the standard. This is what's expected of this unit. You hold Green Bay to 0 of 6 on third down. Last time Washington held an opponent to offer on third down was back in 2017 in a Sunday night football game against the Raiders. It was a dominant effort defensively from this group. And I think they're going to be able to sustain it for multiple reasons. One, the unsung heroes are really playing a huge part. And when you got guys that have no ego out there playing their best ball, all they do is get better. They're not reading the press clippings. They're not on Twitter. They're not on IG. They're not worried about what anybody else has to say. The only thing that matters to those guys, those unsung heroes, are the teammates that they're playing next to, the guys that they're going to battle for each week. If they can continue that mindset and, and not give up the big plays, the sky's the limit for Washington defensively. And when you look at their matchup Sunday against Indianapolis, they should be licking their damn chops to go up against Sam Ellinger and Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce. Who? Who the hell are those guys? That's what I'm saying, man. It becomes a mindset at this point, man. I'm not going to let no no-name jag come out and kick my ass for four quarters. And if Washington's going to continue to deploy that mentality, look out. Look out. They are going to set the league on fire. 
Because it all starts with defense. And we all want to talk about, I asked a question earlier, was the way that they're playing offensively, is that sustainable to play that three yards in a cloud of dust brand of football and bank on you playing mistake-free football? Look, it'll be sustainable if Washington continues to hold their opponents to 0 for 6 on third down. It'll, it'll, it'll be sustainable if Washington can continue to force turnovers. It'll be sustainable if Washington can continue to rush the quarterback at the rate that they're doing it. Everything that this team wants is right in front of them. All the goals that this team has set for themselves is right in front of them. It's on them as to whether or not this is going to be the new norm. Because it feels damn good to win. It really does. It feels damn good to come in and talk about a win. Can they sustain it, though? The question at hand right now, though, is what's been the key to Washington's turnaround defensively? 301-230-0980 is the number. Seventh in yards per completion allowed over the last three weeks. They're fourth in opponent yards per play the last three weeks. They're seventh in sack percentage as a team on the entire season. They're getting it done. They're getting it done. The consistency is what I want to see. And look, for the last two weeks, they've been that on defense. 301-230-0980 is the number. Let's go to my man G from the shop. What's going on, brother? Man, you all, hey, Slim, I need you on here on Victory Monday so I can hear how you sound on Victory Monday because you always <laughs> sounded like Hey, they was trying to give you a nickname, but we ain't going to talk about that. No, hey, no, I, I want to talk about it. I really do. I, re- I really do because I, I got something you know, for my brother. I got something for the bald man you know, and, and, and the man who needs a lawnmower to cut his hair. That's all right. But you know, I, they, they tried to call you Big Baby and uh, Big L. I, I said, hey, and with no disrespect, I said call you Big Dookie. You, <laughs> you know why? Cause you, because, because you are the ish. Hey, man, you know, I appreciate you, you brother. Oh, you know, we we youngest in charge movement. Of course, you a man. brand. But the, hey, you talking about F.A. Obata trying to feed his family. Hey, that that by the Deron Payne, the family he feeding right now ain't even born yet, man. Right. <laughs> man, generations, you, man. Deron Payne like that. They stopped, they took the leash off Jamin Davis and said, Look, you sorry at what we try to get you to be. So just go be that killer that and kill whoever got the football, man. You know what I'm saying? Stop rocket science in this and, 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 and simplify it, man. But Deron Payne, I don't care what nobody say, Slim. If you know football, he rocks every play, man. Every and I just called play. in here. To, I just talked. I, I just called in here to talk to Big L, man, because you know they don't give you enough airtime. But Deron Payne is that main factor. And you know what else? When you got that much talent on 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 paper. We ain't going to keep stinking it up, man. You can't. We're going to bring it, man. It's, it's inevitable. Hell, week to week. It's a fact. I love you, Big L. Hey, look, I appreciate the call, my brother. Go smoke something, man. 301-230-0980 is the number here on the Team 980. Burgundy and gold today, taking you up to 3 o'clock before we dish the rock to Craig Hoffman. Right now, we're talking about this commander's turnaround defensively. I gave you some of the numbers here. I gave you some of the unsung heroes. G from the shop just reminded me the one unsung hero that I really feel like isn't giving enough credit because one thing that this fan base does, when we have an opinion on somebody, it doesn't change. No matter how good they play or how bad they play, the opinion doesn't change. The entire damn DMV, all of y'all, from, from Seat Pleasant all the way to Tyson's Corner, Virginia, we owe Jamin Davis an apology, and I'm going to be the first one to do it. Jamin, 
This is coming from the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham. I am sorry. I am sorry for my fellow fans slandering your name throughout the first couple of weeks of the season. I'm sorry for my fellow fans calling you a bust. Hell, I'm even sorry for this coaching staff for putting you out of position, expecting you to make plays. Like G said, man, they've taken the leash off of Jamin Davis, and every since they have, every week, every damn week, he makes a splash play defensively where you see the freak athleticism that he has pop off the tape, where you see his balls-to-the-wall mentality and effort pop each and every week, man. And I only expect it to get better when it comes to Jamin Davis. 301-230-0980 is the number. In your opinion, what's been the biggest reason for Washington's turnaround defensively? Let's go to Kenny. Go out in Largo. What's happening? What's going on, Kenny? Not much. Can you hear me? I got you, bud. Hey, so I think it's been a lot of defense to get some rest. That's been helping a lot. Because, in matter of fact, that may be the reason why they're playing so good. Because they've been running on the treadmill for the last <laughs> three, four games. <laughs> that they that now they're in super shape. Now they can just push it. And the bad part about it, we don't blitz and we don't get no turnovers. But we still, as long as we get the W, man. I, I think it's complimentary football. Yeah, look, I appreciate that's, that's I, I, pre- I appreciate yeah. the call, my man. I definitely agree with that, which is why we were talking about and having the discussion earlier about whether or not Washington's style of play was sustainable. I said no, but I could be convinced otherwise because they've got to continue. Let's go to the numbers here. Against Green Bay, I believe Washington controlled the time of possession by, I think it was plus 15 minutes in their favor. So, like, you see how it works. I think let's, let's go to the exact numbers here. Washington controlled the football on Sunday for 37 minutes and 7 seconds. Green Bay controlled the football for 22 minutes and 53 seconds. It's very apparent what style works for Washington. But it only works, like the last caller said, if you're able to play complementary football. I think offensively they were allowed to continue to run the ball because defensively Washington was getting stops. As long as they continue to play that brand of complementary football, we'll see the success continue. My thing is when it comes to the offense is, is that style of play sustainable? And it's yet to be seen. But defensively, though, man, I think we all are in agreement, man. We've seen this group take their play to another level. I'm wondering, when Chase Young gets back, is there another level that this group could tap into? 301-230-0980 is the number. N-E-L-L underscore BTP uh, is how you reach me on Twitter and Instagram. Let's go to let's go to Robert in Annapolis before we hit the break here. What's going on, Robert? Hey, good, good afternoon. Uh, I would say that the key is that they've played two totally inept offenses. <laughs> Neither, neither the Packers nor – you're a realist. I, I, I like listening to you because you're a realist. I don't know why some of the callers uh, hopped on you for uh, posing that real, question. Right? But the Right. <laughs> but the reality is neither the Packers nor the Bears have any top-level skilled uh, playmakers. They have a quarterback, but they don't have playmakers. So – uh, you should continue uh, on this path uh, with Indianapolis. Now, Jonathan Taylor, obviously a good player, but they got a quarterback. I don't think that guy's ever played in a in a regular season game, has he? Talk about Sam Ellinger. Uh, I, I don't know how much how much regular season. I don't snaps think he's got. so. But but well, Robert, Eddie, let me ask you this, Robert. Let me ask you this though, Robert. Against Philadelphia in Dallas and Tennessee, 
Washington gives up 25 points or less. Those teams have pretty good offensive personnel, wouldn't you agree? All right, well, you're, you're going to know uh, who do they got coming up after Indy. They got Philadelphia Minnesota. coming Min- up, Minnesota, right? Minnesota and Philly. So you get tested right off the bat. There you go. There's where you will know what you have. And uh, let me ask you this question. Do you really think that the commanders can make a bona fide playoff run with Taylor Heineke as their quarterback? Robert, I, it's, it's a tough... Just it, say yes or no. No. Just say yes ultimately, or no. Ultimately, no. Ultimately, okay. no. And I, All I, right. I, I, appreciate, I appreciate the call, my man. Look, to answer Robert's question, ultimately, no, but I will say this. There is a path to which they can make the playoffs with Taylor Heineke playing quarterback. It's just going to take the rest of the roster supporting him and propping him up uh, in order for that to happen. 301 230 0980 is the number. We'll continue this discussion on the other side of the break. What's been the key to Washington's turnaround defensively? More of your calls next, right here on the Team 980 in the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 